Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run we're gonna be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week ritual and squarespace squarespace they're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined this week by a very special co-host, Christian Spicer, out traveling, living it up, enjoying the last shred of summer. But you know her, you love her, one of our favorite recurring guests, Lana Bashinsky is back with me. Hey, Lana. Hi, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here. And, you know, I love coming in and, you know, I'm glad Christian Spicer's living his life because then I also get to live his life and be here as a co-host for a little bit. <laughs> so happy to be here on the long weekend. Yeah. Um, Thanks for the invite, bud. Well, I mean, you are also traveling. You are also not in your your home environment. You're enjoying summer. You're traveling doing some fun things and yet you accepted uh, the invitation you're here you're doing you're you're you're, you're committed. you showed up as, yeah. as a you know yeah. in contrast to my erstwhile co-host yeah exactly what i'm trying to say is christian you're great but yeah i'm greater than symbol greater than symbol <laughs> you're great but i'm greater than okay <laughs> exactly. you, are you with me yes exactly. Uh, uh, so excited to have you with us and so excited to have our other guest. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata. And this week, you're, you're down Lana-able co-host. Oh, I did not know where you're going with this, but down Lana-able co-host. I'm wow. so excited because DLC also stands for, once again, dramedies, leagues, and conventions, because she is an actor, a host, and a gamer. You know her. You've seen her. She's the creator of Good Game on YouTube. One of our favorite guests, Michelle Morrow, is back with us. Hey, Michelle. Wow, that was such an intro. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm I'm so delighted to have both of you here. Talk games. We got some, some interesting news, some really fun, exciting news this week, and we got some cool games to talk about. So, uh, I also thank you, Michelle, for being here on a long holiday weekend in the United States. Appreciate oh, yeah. that. I yeah. mean, we're not really going anywhere. So. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Neither am I. You know, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 we had a big, exciting weekend of uh, going in, into the living room and then going yeah, into the yeah. kitchen. 
It was we great. Went for a walk in the neighborhood. It was amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump in and start the show the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit, that's 5x5dlc.reddit.com, or our Discord, which is also 5x5dlc on the old Discord. Fantastic folks there, cool community. I urge you to take part. I think you'll find it to be delightful. Uh, But Michelle, you are our guest. You get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, I think the... um... Were these the one the the Marvel's Midnight Suns gameplay? Is that yeah. what we're talking about? Well, it could be. If that's your if that's your choice, I think that's a great one to pick. Personally. I personally think that one like that looks like my speed of game for sure. And by the way, that was a really long um, amount of gameplay that they showed too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This week we had uh, IGN kind of had their uh, exclusive reveal of the of the gameplay of Midnight Suns. Last week we were talking about the uh cg announcement trailer of midnight suns and i got all excited about Firaxis doing a marvel property and this kind of cool vampiric you know uh, marvel marvel characters but done in this kind of cool uh yeah a different take on the marvel universe well and it's like a cool i mean it's a card game you know so it's got like card-based combat but it's an it's like a full-on rpg too where you can you know, there, every hero in the game has different abilities and whatever, like you can be defensive or protective, whatever. And there are going to be lots of costumes and whatever. But one of the things they really hone in on is you have these like little side stories that you can do with like the different Avengers. Like you can go like take a walk with Tony Stark and like get to know him better. I just think it's like, I kind of like appreciate the fact that this like RPG card game has like this extra layer of actual like role-playing involved where yeah, people can I, really get into it. I want to ask you about that because uh, they made a big deal about it. You can go meditate with magic. You yeah. can, you know, you can hang out, <laughs> take a walk with blade in the, you know, in the garden or whatever. Uh, and that was a Tony Stark. Believe me. Oh, Tony I Stark. You're right. So you're right. I'm definitely going to be doing that. <laughs> well, so I'm, I, I think it's, I too think it's cool, but my, my honest question is, how often are you actually going to be doing that? Like, do you think that they're going to create a way where that is actually fun over an extended period of time or, or does it feel like a novelty one-off? Oh, I'll take a walk with Tony Stark. But after that, it's, it's yeah. kind of worn off, you know? Well, I think that you're hitting a particular type of gamer here. Like there are people who really, really, really love role play in their games. Like there's right. role play servers for MMOs and whatnot. So that that is a thing and that does hit a certain group, but it is not everyone. I think that if they uh, make achievements that go along with it, mm. that might reward you. Like if you unlock X amount of story with Tony Stark, you might get an, like some kind of special card or, or something like that. So that way you're actually playing the game to earn the items instead of just like purchasing a card pack or whatever, however they kind of monetize this, or if everything comes together at once, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as far as the, uh, the aesthetic of the game, the, the sort of the corner of the Marvel universe, I mean, I'm guessing as someone who's a fan of Sylvanas Windrunner, <laughs> you're down for the sort of darker, you know, 
Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. I also love at the end, they said that the heroes are going to go hang out at the Abbey. So if you're from Los Angeles and you know West Hollywood, that's hilarious. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> right. else knows that. That's I was like, I just love thinking about all of the Marvel superheroes hanging out at the Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. I didn't even get, I didn't catch that. It's the first thing I thought of, but I also lived in West Hollywood for like 15 years. So. <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Lana, you know, we... Uh, we talk. Uh, Michelle brought up this this notion of the the card based combat, which mm-hmm. I love. I mean, I play tons of of games like this. I cover a lot of them on the show, but they're almost all. I mean, there are a lot of games that use card based combat, but they're almost all indie games. You know that that mm-hmm. kind of um, battle system, and unless it's like a Hearthstone or a real card game, but I mean, role playing games that use card based combat, you see that a lot in the indie space but not in the AAA space. And I think yeah. it's rather bold of Firaxis to make a game that uses card-based combat. Are you, are you drawn to that personally? Or what, what do you think of the, the card system? We don't know tons about it, but we saw a little glimpse in the, in the trailer. So I have a couple thoughts right off the bat. I want to say I had a crazy busy week before this weekend, so I have not actually seen the trailer, but I love okay. listening to the description about it. First of all, <laughs> Marvel and card-based combat I feel like if you were to go back and picture some sort of extravagant 3D, like beautiful, vibrant, like I'm looking at the article that has like these screenshots and things in it. Um, it's beautiful, right? Like it beautiful. looks good. But like my first introduction to Marvel was Marvel cards. There's all these mm. videos of me and my siblings. With We used to like line up all our Marvel cards on the carpet in the hallway, end to end to end to end. And that was like our whole thing was taking the Marvel cards and we, we made up this game that we called War, where we would like set up dungeons and make them fight each other <laughs> using their stats on the back. And so this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my childhood actually becoming this video game. It's Marvel cards, but it is real life, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you know what's fun it. about it too huh? is that like, you know, like normally you look at a card based combat sort of game, but like this really does, it's 3D, you're inside of the game, like the, the combat is happening with the characters. It's not just like cards get thrown yeah. down it's like it looks so it's just so cool because it comes alive and i i think that's after playing as many card games as i have i think that's a lot of fun when also, that happens and it also is like it's really engaging because i feel like i mean there's like Yu-Gi-Oh exists because people mm-hmm. this is what they're sort of picturing when they're playing these kind of card yeah. games you know yeah. they're putting down their their card and like Okay, my, my card I'm playing is I can't think of the I never actually played Yu-Gi-Oh, but like that dragon card that's like the one, the trap card or whatever. <laughs> They're picturing this dragon coming out and like decimating their enemies. So actually yeah. seeing the visualization of that, I think adds that thematic involvement. But so the part cool. I think is interesting that you mentioned about taking walks. Um did I either of you play Fire Emblem Three Houses, I think it was called? I know no. that game is hugely popular, but I, I never got into the Fire Emblem games. But yeah, Either. I didn't play it, but my partner, Jeff, played a ton of it and I watched a lot of it. And there's a weird subsection of the game where there's turn based combat, but then you also have to go and like take your students to tea. <laughs> and the way like you take them to tea, you have to like remember what kinds of things they like. You have to conduct yourself with like the right etiquette for each different uh, student. Yeah. And if you do it correctly, then they level up or something. And I was like, this is such a weird part of this game. But it feels to me by you being like, take a walk with Tony Stark. I'm just picturing that exact kind of Fire Emblem thing where you walk with Tony Stark. And it's like, what do you want to talk about? Technology? Women? 
Iron Man, and, and you have to like pick the right thing, and you're like women. And he's like, that's not me anymore, and it's like your, your relationship with Tony is bad, and you don't get to level him up as fast because you don't know his like emotional specs. I'm like excited, emotional specs. Man, I think I would like be crushed if that happened. I'd be like, I really failed this role play. I feel like I've been building my whole life to this moment, and he just like shot me down. Yeah, I have like serious emotional issues after that. I love I love the Marvel dating sim. I like that idea. Uh, I mean, a lot they, of people would like that. Yeah, you know, I'm like that's a different game. It'll be very did, popular, 2022. Yeah, so my question for you girls is, which Marvel hero do you want to date? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, I totally yeah, yeah. The, uh, the billionaire guy who has a uh, cool and, suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> no, the it it is interesting that in this in this presentation. Uh, it was sort of a back and forth, you know, uh, a pseudo interview. I know it was it was very highly PR managed. It was an actual interview, but it, it was structured like an interview. And one of the questions was like, are, are there romance options? And they said specifically, no, it's not not romance, but you can become very, very good friends. So I guess oh, friends and benefits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're hey. stopping short of Mass Effect, I guess. But it, yeah. but I think, I mean, there, I think you're right. Is what I mean to say is that it there's an element of maintaining these relationships and having you know rapport with characters that I think I think could be really fun. Well, you could, if they if they you know make it so that you can get card unlocks that way instead of just like per, I don't know what their you know monetization is going to be or if is, do you know if, is it like you just buy it and you get everything or I would imagine that there's like. Sounds free to play. Pass that you have to like unlock. And, well, know. they haven't they haven't spoken to that specifically, but I I will say that all of the pushback that I've heard, I, I tweeted out my my enthusiasm for the card based uh, battle system, and a lot of the tweets that I got back from people that were skeptical, that was the reason. Is oh no, it's just a way for them to monetize the game, random card packs, packs, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know that's the case. But Michelle, are you are you worried that they would do that? I mean, you you play a lot of Hearthstone. You're kind of used to that. I don't know. I, I am. <laughs> like, how much money you got today? Um, yeah. You know, uh, I think that Hearthstone has sort of incentivized a bit so that if you get achievements or whatnot, you unlock things that will allow you to create. I mean, you still, if you want to have like climb ladders and have it be about rank, which is all Hearthstone really is, yeah. then you're going to want to like, you're going to have to spend money, but if you want to like really climb the ladder for the most part, but I hope that games like allow you to be able to earn all of these things without spending all of your time on it. Like, yeah. you know, that's, and it's hard. Cause I, I don't put it past any publisher at this point. Like I really right. don't because a lot of the money, most money comes from those kinds of things. And you see like how successful it is with mobile games. Like, it's just, yeah. it's clearly a huge part of it. They know that mobile is where you make the most because of in-game transactions. So who knows? Like I would hope not, but let's be real. Like it's going to happen. <laughs> it bums me out that card, uh, the card mechanic is synonymous with that. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's the first thing that people think when it comes it's to cards. Legacy, is, right? Like it's, yeah. And yeah, I, I understand gambling. it, right? It, you know, it comes from trading card games and, and even like baseball cards, you know, you buy a pack, you don't know what's inside it. That's just been the way cards have been sold since there were cards. Yeah. So I, I get it, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, there's plenty, like I said, plenty of indie games that use cards as the central mechanic for the game and aren't 
you know, that don't have a monetization strategy tied to it. It's just part of how the game is played. But so, the game might, might, oh, go ahead, Michelle. Oh, I was just saying, like, they might not have the reach to be able to do such things. Like, for them, yeah. they need every kind of, like, little in that they can get. And, like, not nickel and diming you is, like, a big part of that. If they want to be taken seriously. Like, obviously, if they're a mobile game, no one really cares and nickels and dimes all the way. But with, like, an indie game, maybe a company that wants to be seen as cool, who wants to get more funding for a bigger project, they might not have that kind of mentality because they have you know larger goals in mind where like big studios are like we like money yeah no i think you make a great point i mean it it's it's i mean i framed this whole conversation as this is the triple a version of something you see in the indie space and i think that's the the problem side of it being a triple a version is Mm -hmm. the budget of a triple a game is massive and so they have to recoup that cost and oftentimes that leads them down these monetization pathways that are less than ideal. And I think that's a great point. I also think it's a combination of things like indie games because they're smaller and they have, I mean, indie games have to recoup costs as well, but they know they don't have the audience up front to say, Mm -hmm. we hope that X number of people give us $1. They don't have the audience to get recoup their costs with hoping that some people will eventually give them $1. Whereas with, so they have to like do those costs up front. So indie games, I don't think I know a lot of indie games that are like free to play with like the longevity in mind, or at least I don't, I I don't have personal experience with anything that is like that in the indie space. I always have a game that I play. There's a finite experience. And then there's maybe like a mode that has some kind of roguelike elements to it, or there's like a multiplayer thing where you can kind of go through based upon whatever cards you have and how you play them will be interesting. But with something like Marvel, they're like, we have such a big thing. We want to, I would bet, obviously, I mean, their corporation, their goal is to make money. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they're like, if we just say it's free, anyone can play it. They know a huge number of people will give them that $1 and a huge number more people will give them much more than that. Is this a free to play game? I don't, I don't know. Think, I don't think that's been specifically announced. So I, w- I would doubt it. it. I would doubt it's a free to play, but... It's possible. I uh, doubt it's, possible. it's free to play. It's Maybe. probably you buy the base game and then you can like, and you, you can play it normally, right? Yeah. Like if you follow just like the storyline paths or whatever, basic kind of things. But if there's any kind of leader system or if there's a multiplayer, are you playing against people at all ever? Or is it only against NPCs? I, I think all they've shown is is a, you know, a, a campaign like against NPCs situation, but who knows what is yet to be revealed. Mm-hmm. So both of you play card games. Jeff, I know you're big into the card situation. Michelle, you mentioned you play a lot of Hearthstone. What would be your ideal in this situation? Because the digital version being inspired by literally buying card packs and not knowing, and maybe you can go to your local, you know, game shop and, oh, you have this one card and I can buy it for a hundred dollars, like whatever it is. What would be your ideal translation of the in-world physical card game experience into the digital card game experience? Mm, That's a good question. I mean, I can tell you what I feel like I'm lacking and I'm hoping that this game kind of fulfills that is I kind of, when I watched the gameplay trailer, I was like, oh, I hope this is a game that I can just go and like get my little like nerdy collector crap on and be like, I'm going to just be into this game and just min-max for my own self, like the way that I feel when I do 
you know, like a farming sim or something to that effect, like something that like I go on and I can just play against NPCs and there's not the pressure of competition necessarily or leaderboard or anything like that. If it's just like, you know, playing through this story and like building these different packs and, you know, the, I, I don't know, like these different moves as you move on and not having to deal with the pressure of mm-hmm. ladders or whatever. I kind of think that that sounds fun. Um, or I don't know. I, I like the pl- fact that there's like things that you can probably unlock and, you know, reputation gain and stuff. It's just feels like a little card battler sim in a way, like maybe, yeah. I don't know. I have no mm-hmm. idea, but that's kind of what I, it would be nice to have a low pressure situation that has like high reward with the amount of time I spend on it. Like that would be cool. Yeah. I'm on the same page. I mean, I think there's a, there's a, a number of games you can point to that use card and card randomization as a way to spice up your gameplay experience, but not necessarily put pressure on you in a, you know, monetization situation. Right. It's, it's, it's fun in game, like, you know, Slay the Spire and all the myriad other games like it where, uh, you know, I'm getting cards, I'm, I'm progressing. It's time spent, not money spent, that lets me get better cards in the course of my playthrough and I build up my deck and I get cool different abilities for my heroes. And then if, you know, if Marvel's Midnight Suns wants to do DLC, wants to do paid extra content release new marvel heroes and go okay now you've you've purchased you know ghost rider and ghost rider looks like he's already in the game but whatever whatever you know ms marvel or whoever's going to be added to the game you purchased that character kind of how they're doing the the other avengers game the the you know um the uh the big action game uh but then and then those cards are just sort of available in the game world and you get them through playing uh, i'm not a super fan as much as i love card games and card based systems in games i'm not a fan of the i'm looking for this card to add to my deck so i need to buy a pack hoping it's in there oh it wasn't i guess i need to buy another pack oh it's not there you know none of right. that is and then like add, the, the, like the disenchanting system where you like you can get resources to actually like create that card or something isn't really that fair right it doesn't it doesn't really give you that much so you kind of have to order lots of packs in order to really make up a couple legendary or bigger cards. Right. Yeah. And there's, but there's ways to do it, right? There's ways to do it that yeah. it isn't a, a funnel into the purchasing system. It's, it's more of a funnel into the incentivizing you playing system. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, Oh, if you keep, if you defeat so-and-so in the game, you're going to get an awesome card. Oh, cool. Okay. Now I want to play the game more. Um, that's yeah. how I like, I prefer it done. I mean, I, Hearthstone had that for a while with the, um, it would like be part of the expansion. It would be like, I, I don't know if they've actually done one for a bit. I haven't been paying attention to that side of it, but there were like little PVE adventures that you could do that would tell you the story of like Rexar or like mm-hmm. Garage or whatever. And you'd go through it and you'd, as you played through the NPC storyline, which actually reimagined like Naxxaramas really well, um, the bosses in Nax as card bosses. And it was right. really cool to, to see, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then you would earn different cards based on how far you got into the system or how difficult it was. You got better cards. I really liked that. And I was hoping that they would kind of do that more for people who wanted to continue to play down those paths to earn those kind of harder to get cards. But they never, they, I don't know how much they've built yeah. that out anymore. Well, I think that's that's very 
possible how this game will work. I mean, we don't know yet exactly, but I think that it's certainly very possible that it's it's more an internal system and not an external monetization system. But we'll see. Either way, I'm really excited about Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, Lana, is this a good contender? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, uh, Lana, I'm curious if this is a game that is interesting to you at all. Uh, definitely, definitely interesting yeah? to me. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> March 2022, uh, we'll, we'll all reconvene and, and talk about how much we're playing it. <laughs> I guess that's when it's coming out. So uh, I, and I think it's pretty cool. Like you said, Michelle, the the amount of info that they're giving kind of ramping up is, is kind of fun. So um, yeah, they showed a lot. Yeah. Uh, Lana, what is your story of the week? Um, my story of the week is that former PlayStation boss, uh, Sean Layden says that this generation's game budgets could routinely exceed $200 million. Mm. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, 200 is not that much. <laughs> Sorry, $200 million, which is, you know, a lot of money. So, I mean, it plays into exactly what we've been talking about in this, uh, you know, the monetization and AAA and all that. Go, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean Layden, one of the former executives in charge of the PlayStation family of consoles said in a recent interview with Bloomberg, um, that yeah, these games could be in in danger of exceeding $200 million each. And this is an issue. Um, he says is that it encourages stagnation because companies are incentivized towards sequels to lower the risk of the titles that they have so that they can make that money back. Uh, and what happens is you end up with three to four silos of games or game types that persist in existing. And then the variety of, of games oh, that are sort of in, uh, you know, available to be played or try are sort of squeezed out of the main line of the, um, uh, of the market. The, of yeah. The market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, is that something that resonates with you? I, I think that, I think that we've certainly seen that. Uh, I mean, obviously even this last generation, we've had reports of games in excess of $200 million budgets. Um, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 was one of the big ones that people talked about. Obviously it made its money back, but um, <laughs> the, the, the idea here is that this is going to be sort of the norm that it, these these big AAA games in the PS5, Xbox Series era are going to just cost that much more. Um, Leighton said that, you know, it's, it, it basically doubles each generation. And so we're up to like the 200 million mark. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that, A, this is uh, in, indicative of the kinds of things that that he's talking about where you get these like these small silos of games? And B... Does that open up opportunity for, like we were talking about with uh, the Midnight Suns, uh, these smaller independent games to kind of fill that void and and make things uh, cheaper and offer lower cost games? What's your take on this news? Yeah, my my take on this news is, again, in like a couple parts. One, within the AAA space, it definitely resonates. You have yeah. these massive companies making massive games with massive teams. Uh, and you often have sort of at the helm of a lot of these companies, not passionate game developers, but like business boys who are like business brains who went to business school and know about the business. And the yeah. thing that they want to do is the reliable thing, the safe thing to make the most money back, to sell to the most people. Um, but also because AAA, they have the most money to advertise these games. So they make like top of lists most often, et cetera. And it's sort of like this vicious cycle that is 
being maintained by themselves, putting the most money behind things that are not risky. So that's one half of it is, yeah, I think in the AAA space that resonates. But yeah. in my opinion, the AAA space, the indie space is huge. And with, of course, just like the power of the internet and the power of people and sure, like crowdsourcing in a lot of cases, a lot of really incredible products are being made and getting massive popularity from really tiny teams and indie spaces. And yeah. so, sure, I think that the folks making AAA PlayStation games in this generation could be spending an incredible amount of money. But I bet some of the most memorable games that will come out of this generation are not being made by AAA studios. You know, I love that. I love the way you said that. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and honestly, to be fair, you know, the headline of this article is what Layton said, but the reason he said it was because he was announcing that he has started a new company Mm -hmm. whose goal is to get more kinds of people, more very diverse kinds of folks making games that uh, um, sort of allowing that huge barrier to not prevent folks from making games. It sounds like his uh, streamline media group uh, will be kind of helping folks get into that indie space. And I think that's, that's a laudable goal. I, I, I would love to more, more people that can't afford $200 million price tags to make, uh, make games. Yeah. Um, his yeah. quote there, which I really like is um, his goal with streamline media group is my goal in the last act of my career is really to bring more people into gaming creation and more people from all over the world and bring more people into the enjoyment of gaming. And something I feel like I saw, especially through this last year and a half with COVID is a lot more people who have not experienced gaming before getting into it, realizing there's a corner of the gaming world that is for them. So a world that he's sort of presenting was Streamline Media, where you have many different voices, many different options, many different people elevated in the gaming development space, I think also presents well to a community of people, many of whom are just realizing that they are can identify as a gamer. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, it was interesting. We, you know, Layden stepped down as the the head of PlayStation pretty abruptly and, and then has been quiet for a while. And it's interesting to see this is the project that he is uh, associating himself with now. I think that's, that's really cool. I hope it is. I hope it achieves the stated goal. I think that's, that's really great. Um, Michelle, a couple of weeks ago on the show or last week or whatever it was, uh, we talked about um, Activision uh, sort of becoming the Call of Duty company in a lot of ways and oh, sort of yeah. a narrowing, you know, just kind of putting all their chips on one big franchise because that franchise is so profitable. Um, do you do you resonate with this messaging as well that that, you know, these big, big companies, big AAA companies are kind of making fewer games and spending more money on fewer titles? Definitely. I mean, it makes me wonder what those internal conversations were like for him on like what really got to the point where he, because he did abruptly leave. And so what exactly about it happened, right? Like I've been noticing a lot on social media, especially like there are, there is definitely a group that is invested in game developers investing more and more into their games, right? Like all the content creators, um, which, you know, 
Twitch people, whatnot, they YouTubers, like everybody who's kind of like in the marketing and promotion side of gaming. Um, all of those streamers um, would like to make ad money, would like to be paid by developers to use their audiences. Um, and, you know, the AAA titles are who has the budgets for that. Yeah. Um, and the streamers, um, you know, which I don't blame them if, you know, a lot of them, this is like all they do. So if that's all your income and, you know, you, you really are counting, if you're a smaller streamer, you're really counting on like maybe one brand deal a month, like maybe, you know, and, and even then they're hard to get. Like, I don't know. I, I see this as it's just sort of like siloing to like the top streamers who have the biggest audiences that, you know, like Call of Duty and like Assassin's Creed and, you know, yeah. like these big, you know, annual releases that it can be a part of an advertising machine that that's who you know you go to to do that. And if for some reason that streamer in two years is not streaming anymore or they realize the audience is too toxic or whatever reason that a developer decides to like pull away from that, there's from that person or the person pulls away from the developer, there are, you break down a wall and there's like, a thousand people waiting to take that role. <laughs> so I yeah. think that, you know, a lot of this is being hyped by like this kind of a feel like the, the, the more streamers, I don't know. I feel like it's just sort of like, it's just a cycle that's going around and around and around. Like it's just, however they can make the most money. And you'll just start to see like, there's heads of certain areas that are friends with the like streamers and people will get, um, you know, more and more um, narrow on how many people they're really using to promote these things. Like yeah. it's just, you know, it's like when you see an advertisement in the Super Bowl, they're going to pay more for that kind of a person's audience, like mm -hmm. for right. Ninja or Dr. Disrespect or Tim mm -hmm. the Tatman or Dr. Lupo or all of them, like very, very few women. Yeah. But like those, mm -hmm. it's going to be, you know, the AAA companies know that they can advertise directly to gamers and, you know, feature gameplay. And it's just, it's just a machine at this point. Um, and I think that, you know, indie, indie definitely can get a part of that, but they're not going to get those giant big audiences. So yeah, it's just going to keep, he does say exponentially, which at first I thought was a little dramatic um, of him to say, but I, I do think that it, <laughs> They want it to be exponential. You know, they want mm. these budgets to cost more and more because that means that, you know, they've got more and more money to like spend on the advertising. They're hoping that that, you know, equates to, you know, more people knowing about the game. Like it just like, it's just like grows and grows and grows and grows. And so I, I like seeing the fact that he's stepping away and being like, eh, like maybe there's some, you know, maybe we can care about women and people of color. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I, you make, you bring up so many good points there. I, I think, um, I think it is, it, it is interesting. It, it becomes, you know, it, it, it's this risk aversion that these big companies have, yeah. and you guys all have, both have been talking about it. Um, in, in, they want that sure bet, right? They, they'll spend the yes. 200 million if they know for sure it'll make 300 million, you know? Right. Um, and having lots of, of riskier bets is, is not optimized right for their for their profit margin and it's really a shame and i think we see it a lot in the movie industry as well you know we, we, we over the last decade or plus you know 15 to 20 years 
there's been this narrowing of the theatrical experience into like, you know, Marvel movie or, you know, big budget uh-huh, yeah. superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And then like Oscar bait, you know, there's like, there's no, yes. there's nothing else, right? There's yeah. either, either tiny stuff or massive stuff. Right. And, and it, it's, it's not like great. Rom-coms have like taken a slide. Like I don't feel yeah. like I don't see rom-coms anymore. And the problem is like, especially with like streamers and, you know, YouTubers and whatever, just like the general gaming marketing side of the, of the industry, like the, the bigger the company is, the more money the company has, the cooler it is for you to be involved. So even if they don't pay you as a streamer, to stream their game, they're banking on the fact that like mid-level streamers want to be a part of that train of playing the cool game that's coming mm-hmm. out right now that all the bigger streamers are playing too. So there's this thing that happens where it's like everyone's playing the same game because yeah. it's a cool game to play and everybody wants that company to like turn and look at you and shine the pretty light on you and for you to be like, oh my God, they noticed me. I'm going to get paid a thousand dollars, you know, like, and that's all it's, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you, you highlight a really interesting phenomenon. I mean, I, I look at myself on this show and I definitely, I mean, I'm not chasing any kind of money from a publisher, but uh, I do definitely feel pressure sometimes to be involved in the, oh, yeah. the conversation, right? The, the yes. zeitgeist, you know, the, the hot game of the moment. I'm like, if there's a big game that comes out, I, we should probably be talking about it on the show. Um, and I, and I think that that, is a double-edged sword, right? Because yes. it's fun. It's fun to be talking about the game everybody's talking about and to have it's an opinion rush. about it. But yeah. it's also great to highlight these other things. And and I, you know, I I really try to do that. But I think I I think we can do better. And I think it is it's it's laudable to have somebody of of this guy's pedigree uh, worried about that as well. And I hope more of us, you know, think about it. So much of the conversations in the gaming industry come from the fact that it's driven by like marketing. So like whatever game is being out and the amount of marketing that goes behind it. And a lot of these, these publishers too, they have, you know, deals with all the different, you know, websites that report on games. So, you know, like you'll get, I used to be a writer for different websites and they'll send you full on press releases with like game codes and everything. So like, it's right there and you're like, oh, well, I need to write an article this week. This is awesome. And this is a good game totally. But like people who have like those companies, these AAA titles that have the money to do all of that, put together a nice fancy package that you want to like unbox on social media on top of everything. You're continuing to like it's for them, it's a good bet. And there is like an entire industry of people right now waiting to be like in commercials or like, you know, our watered down idea of a commercial now, which is basically just like a spokesperson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I mean, I, I, like, I see, I see what they're doing. I just hope that there's more guys like this guy who, you know, this laden guy that is stepping out and going like, hold on, let's make something big. Let's make something cool. And they'll attract the right people to it. I mean, I think that, I think that other side of the industry, it's like what he says, it's going to exponentially go up. And like the higher, the the more you exponentially go up some point, you're going to be on a cliff and you're not going to like, it doesn't like grade down very easy, you know, like that, those kinds Mm -hmm. of things crash. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Mostly I just, Random. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think you're right that it, it, you know, who knows, right. It's just speculation, but it does seem to have grown out of very specific experience that he had running a very big video game company. You know, yeah, I would just, love to read his book. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, well, speaking of commercials, uh, <laughs> I, 
I have to do one now. <laughs> uh, yes! But I, I am pleased to talk about uh, Squarespace because I use it and uh, I have recommended it to uh, to friends and family. They are sponsoring the show and have done since we started eight years ago. So I'm I'm pleased to to say Squarespace is the place for you to make a website. You do not have to hire someone to build a website for you. You don't even have to learn HTML. You can do it the easy way and you can still do it yourself. Make it yourself. Make a beautiful, highly effective website yourself with Squarespace. All you have to do is start with one of their professionally designed templates, gorgeous templates that that you can start with. And then you just start moving stuff around, drag and drop and making it your own. Uh, It looks beautiful and it's so simple. It's all what you see is what you get drag and drop, even if you want to sell things on your website. They have powerful e-commerce functionality. You just drag it over to your website. It plugs right in and it works. It's so simple. You never, ever have to upgrade or patch anything. That's all done in the background for you automatically. You don't have to worry about if it's going to work on mobile or which mobile devices it's going to work on. It all happens automatically for you. It's so simple. They have built-in search engine optimization. They have analytics if you want to grow your business over time. Or even if you just want to blog or publish content or promote a a business or announce an event, any reason that you need a website, Squarespace makes it simple. And if you run into any problems, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. It's great. Like I said, I've been using it. JeffCanada.com was built on Squarespace. I love it. You can make it yourself. And if you want to try it, we're going to give you a discount. You can go and check out squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. And you can get a free trial. You don't even have to put your credit card in. And then when you are ready to check out, ready to launch your site, use the offer code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. You'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. If you Even if you're just looking to buy a domain, Squarespace is a great place to buy domains. They have over 200 extensions. It's really slick. If you put in a a domain that's not available, they give you all kinds of suggestions. It's great. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me and the promo code Jeff sent me will get you 10% off your first order. All right. Um, My story of the week is all this craziness with Horizon Forbidden West pre-orders. We don't have to talk about it a, a, a ton, but I do think it's interesting. Um, I am so excited about Horizon Forbidden West. It is, I think, my number one most anticipated game right now. Maybe that in Doke V. I'm like so excited about Doke V. Oh. Um, but, uh, you know, February 22nd is is the release date. So I got to wait until next year. But I didn't have to wait to find out about the numerous editions that can be pre-ordered now. Uh, And I mean, I think this is very much in line with what we've been talking about all episode long about monetization and how things are monetized. I I wanted to get both of your uh, reactions to all of this. It's, it's fascinating because here we are in this weird between times, uh, you know, that is, that has been, elongated by covid uh where you know these games are cross gen uh horizon Horizon forbidden west will be released on playstation 4 and playstation 5 and there are all these editions there's the special edition which evidently isn't that special because there's three editions that are more expensive than it 
<laughs> There's the the special edition, the del- digital del- collector's edition, and the regalia edition. Each of them has a different number of incredibly interesting extra bits and bobs that you might want. Full sculpted uh, versions of Aloy and the giant beast that we saw in the trailer. Uh, different beasts. There's the there's the one with regalia on it, or there's you know it's the the big looking uh, like looks like a um, a mastodon or a, a elephant. Uh, it looks really cool. I mean, if you're into physical stuff, uh, you can get some cool physical stuff. Um, obviously, digital stuff, costumes, extra bobs and bits. But the really interesting part of the story, I mean, I, I kind of want to get both of your reactions to like the number of additions to sort through uh, on any kind of big AAA game. Uh, but in addition to that, I think the more interesting thing is this weirdness that happened where the PS5 version of Horizon Forbidden West is at that new $69.99 price point, the $70 price point, when we've been living in the $59.99, $60 price point for an entire multiple generations. Yeah. Well, so if you buy the PlayStation 4 version, you can play it on PlayStation 5 via backwards compatibility. But if you want the PlayStation 5 version, it costs you more. So if you're planning to get a PlayStation 5, there was a, a period where buying the cheaper version actually gave you more options. But, and that's how they announced this. But then uh, they had a, a, a day of people responding and going, this makes no sense whatsoever. And so the new PlayStation boss, Jim Ryan, who succeeded uh, Mr. Layden, uh, announced that that's not how it's going to be, that Horizon Forbidden West was originally going to be one of their launch games and all their launch games are going to have free upgrade path from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. So they will no longer do that, uh, you know, have this weird thing where you're not getting the PlayStation 4 version if you buy the PlayStation 5 version. It's all going to work, which is nice. I'm glad they did that. And further, the announcement was that they will always, if they have a cross-gen game, always allow you to pay 10 extra dollars to go from the PlayStation 4 version to the PlayStation 5 version. So... That's a lot of stuff. Michelle, I'm I'm curious your reaction to like all of these additions. I mean, it's nothing it's new, of, of course, but it's a lot of stuff. It's a yeah. lot of stuff. Like, I mean, here's the thing, and, and I don't mean this in any rude way toward Horizon because I think it's really cool. It's a cool game. I mean, how many people are this big of a fan that they would want this many different tiers of content? Like, I mean, I could understand like one super big thing. And then like maybe just the base one or maybe a collector's edition. Sure. But I don't know. It just feels like. That used to be how it was, right? It was, there was, there was the like the special edition and it was special and that was different than the regular edition. And now it's now special edition is low on the tier list, you know? Uh, It's not like this is like a la carte and it's not like they're adding it and packaging this together. Like each one of these things has its own stupid giant packaging. And I guess that annoys me a lot. Like Mm. I I feel like it's over the, I don't know how many people are like, this is my favorite game in the world. I need all of these things and all of these different editions or, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like yeah. people either are going to get the special or they're going to get the guard, 
you know, regalia wise. Well, so and, my- and, and I should say the regalia is 260 bucks. I mean, it's no, that's a chunk of change. Anyway, sorry, yeah, go but ahead. If you're Lana. already paying 200 and you're not big of a fan, you're paying 260. I guess. Yeah. So I my, guess. my question is, I assume that these other things that are part of it will not be purchasable later from a store. Is that the idea? That's usually the case. Although, so, you know, eBay is a store, I guess. Yeah. So I, I mean like the, like some e-shop because I feel like the, like the way that seems reasonable to do it would be like if you buy the regalia edition, it gets you the special, what is that thing? The Tremortisk? It'll give yeah, you the well special done. regalia. Well, well pronounced. Was. Yeah. I think I it's Tremor really Tusk. Yes. Is it? I'm sorry. That is definitely that. I'm an idiot. Tremor Tusk. I liked your version. <laughs> Tremortus. Uh, the Regalia <laughs> Tremortus. It gets a little more advanced in the later packages. Um, <laughs> I, I know I'm going to play this game. I'm sorry. I'm probably like peeking my mic. I'm very loud. Uh, it's fine. It sounds, it's okay. Tremortus. The, <laughs> <laughs> so the, I haven't watched any of the trailers or anything because I know I'm going to play it. So I want like literally 0% spoilers for it. Um, so if they've pronounced Shrimmer Tusk, it's obviously that. Okay. I feel like an idiot. Anyway, so <laughs> oh, the important part is like, better. okay, you get like the upgraded, you upgrade the Shrimmer Tusk into the Tremortisk. <laughs> and then um, like, if you want, I feel like they could just be like, and then get a 10% discount in the shop or like whatever. So you can a la carte add these things. I feel like the mentality is there are people who love this and have loved like love this franchise more than anything else in existence and will buy it because yeah. it exists and it will be exclusive. But I think yeah. it's interesting that they do it this way. Maybe it convinces people to spend more money than they normally would. But I feel like like my inclination would be like, okay, you get these special things, but you can also get a percent discount on all these other things are that are available. But the other packages could also add them to them which i feel like would make more but i feel like maybe this would make more people spend that extra like if you're going to spend 200 you're going to spend 260 it's going to make that many more people to make it worth it spend that extra 60 yeah i have two things first is this is sort of the uh the whales of of you know physical triple a game purchasing right the the whales yeah. that we talk about with uh with regard to mobile where people are, you know, a small group of people are spending a, a disproportionate amount of the income of the game, you know, uh, are responsible for the, that portion. I think that's that's the case here, where a very small number of people buy these, but it's uh, proportionally, but it makes lots of money for them, uh, so it makes sense for them. Uh, the second thing I wanted to say is, I kind of wish Christian was here because. When I was at his house, I saw the Aloy statue from the first game's <laughs> crazy edition. So I'm wondering which of these he's going to buy. Well, uh, I feel like it's interesting because they're like, here's this upgraded package. And I'm like, cool. I could see wanting the Regalia Tremor t- Tusk to be the special big statue. And I'm like, who's getting the yeah. map? And like, what are you framing it? What are you doing with the map? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like this uh, on so many things from Blizzard <laughs> games, like where I'm just like, why do I have this? Like, yeah. no. what is this like postcard question I, mark? Like, I, I've never understood this. The one I, I've never understood is the steel box, the steel case. Like, what do I care if it's what, a steel yeah. case? Like, what is that? What, what is that? You know a, why? A plus? You know what you do with those? With all of these, like all that kind of stuff, like the random keychain that you get in there. Like, there's yeah. like a keychain, or you know, like 
all like that steel case, whatever, you send them to your nieces and nephews. They think you're so cool. <laughs> yeah. When you do that. I have so many t-shirts I've sent off. I'm like, you yeah. guys, and they're like, oh, she's so cool. She likes I, video <laughs> games. I'm like, this is really just stuff I don't want, but okay. I used to keep I used to keep it all in a drawer. So then when we'd have like tours coming through the studio area, I would be like, yeah, I'll show you how animation works. Oh, by the way, thanks for stopping by. And I'd like open this drawer and <laughs> you know, you're like, throw them out like a office. pinata. And like, they'd be like, this is amazing. And I'm like, I give you a lasting memory and got rid of trash. That's it's right. Like, it's like going to the dentist office when you're a kid. It's like they give you a little toy that's a piece of garbage that you throw away two minutes later. Yeah, but uh, it'll be so valuable to somebody who's not me. Like, I feel bad. It's yeah. not trash. I just... Like for for me, because I like have so many keychains and things, and it's like a really privilege. Anyways, yeah, I feel like no, I'd be it. like, here's my big statue. Great. Okay, who wants a postcard, baby? Right. In the desk drawer. Right. The, no the statues the are cool. I, I I will I will admit the statues are are pretty statues cool. Statues are looking. great. Yeah, but uh, I'm I, I Michelle. I'm like a foot and a half away from multiple uh, collector's edition boxes of WoW expansions. And you know yeah. all the extra stuff that comes in them? Yeah, it's they're still in those boxes on my shelf. Like the, Oh, I liquidated all that on eBay. Yeah. You should I definitely have, do that. I, I, I have I so many it. and I've never played WoW. <laughs> well, that, you just got them, right? You, you just got them? They're signed copies. What do I do? Oh, you, oh yeah. That, yeah. I mean, they're, they, they look something. nice in like, I mean, our office. Less like, now. Together, <laughs> but... you know? Yeah, a lot less now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway. like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that like, I, I, I just... I actually just got rid of, I had um, two Diablo three Reaper of Souls signed boxes. And like one of them was like only, I don't know, like five or six people signed it. And my husband like walked in the line and decided to give up six people. In. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I had this box and I'm like, it's not really signed like the other ones. And it just kind of looks like sad. So I sold that one on eBay. That's amazing. And on the inside of it, it had the Reaper of Souls uh cd like soundtrack in there as if like you can't listen to it on digital music like who's like throwing that in their car so anyway i post on ebay and this guy writes me he's like is the audio cd in there i'm like well you're the customer like that's exactly (laughs) the like i'm glad it's found its way to you Mm -hmm. yeah certainly in there you care you care about that (laughs) i'm sure there's i'm sure there's lots of people listening that are super into collector's editions and stuff like that and i i'm not trying to diss anybody you know yuck anybody's yum you know if you're into that stuff that's great that's awesome I love collector's editions. I have tons of them. There's just like, it's just, here's the thing. I don't think every single item in these collector's editions are like collectible. Like they're not worth it. Some of them are totally cool. Like there's a, like a screen um, wipe thing that I have. That's like the map of Azeroth. And I'm like, that's cool. I use that all the time. Like there's little things like that, which I think are great. But when it's just like, you know, here's some exclusive postcards and you're like, oh, sure. Like it's just, that's when I go, but And I think this one strikes me as being particularly excessive simply because you have the crazy, you know, multiple hundred dollar statue and then you have the like statue plus one, right? You have the statue with just a different outfit on it. It just seems like, well, why, why two different statues? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit Mm -hmm. much, but uh, doesn't take away from it. Game yeah. merch, man. You gotta love it. Uh, well, I'm excited about that game nonetheless. All right. Let's yeah. talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call The Playlist. Ooh, what you playing this week? Tell us. Ooh, what you playing this week? Tell us on The Playlist. 
All right, Michelle, I know that you uh, have been playing uh, lots of WoW. In fact, I think we're taking you away from a raid right now. You know, know I had everyone do it last night, so I'm totally free. (laughs) You're awesome. You're the best. Um, So uh, I'm more interested in the state of WoW right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. post all all this craziness with Blizzard and maybe – I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot, but what what your take on that is and how comfortable you feel still playing the game and all that stuff. Well, okay. So, um, I mean, all that news is really hard. Yeah. Um, and you know, all, all I've said publicly is just, you know, I've dealt with my own issues with sexism there at times. And, you know, so I feel really bad for the women who are in that environment all the time, every day, um, dealing with it. That sucks. Um, what I know is that there's a lot of really good people there on the inside, women and people of color who are there, who have fought from the inside for diversity and equality. Um, and I did the, you know, I supported the walkout. So we didn't raid that night. And, you know, my whole raid team was totally cool with that. Um, you know, so we did that, but at the same time, um, you know, I look at wow, before I was ever even in gaming, like when I was just like a fan only, and I loved playing, like that was my escape was that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the people that I, that are my gaming friends are on world of Warcraft. And some of them have become my real life friends, people that were at my wedding, you know, like these are, these are good friends. So to take that away, from players who really have that as, um, you know, something they do a couple times a week um, is, you know, I, I wouldn't expect anybody to stop playing. We did have people in our guild who stepped away um, for, you know, what they, you know, that's just what they needed to do, which is completely fine. However, anybody wants to, you know, deal with it is cool. But I think if people still want to play and they have their, your, their group and, you know, they're aware of what's going on over there and they're still supporting the, you know, the women and people of color and, and the other men who, who work there, who are legitimate, good human beings. Um, I think, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, and just kind of being aware to sort of like separate those things and, you know, and I think it's good too, is a good shakeup and it got people playing other games, which people should do. Like I've taken lots of years off of wow and played other games. Like I think it's important to do and healthy to do. So in the end, I think it'll be a good thing. I mean, I will say that, you know, right now, uh, Warcraft is in, you know, end game, you know, patch for this mm-hmm. expansion. You know, we just, this raid is about fighting Sylvanas Windrunner. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> they've really, they've really hurt her story, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And that's, yeah. been, that's been really hard for me um, to you know, to know kind of some of the things that have gone down in inside story-wise of how we got to this point um, are upsetting, just very frustrating. Um, and I think that the team that's there is doing everything they can to kind of right the ship. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, like one of the best characters in their entire, you know, lore is kind of got just deduced. She could have been really powerful, but they kind of, made her evil when she burns the world tree and, yeah. you know, and now it's like this split soul thing to like say, Oh, well it wasn't really her. It was like an evil her. Right. Like it's just kind of, I don't know. It's a little bit, I, I think that they could have told a better story. So that bums me out a bit, 
but I will say the gameplay itself is excellent. Um, and everybody that's playing, at least on our team, um, are really doing a good job. Like we got ahead of the curve. We beat Sylvanas on heroic, um, with like 20 some people a couple nights ago. And we did it last week too, for the first time. And we got, we got awesome. our, our realm first. We were like, wow, uh, that's amazing. We were the race to realm first. There were like three guests that were all neck and neck. And so that was really exciting. Um, you know, raid leading can be really hard. <laughs> it can, yeah. You know, people really need to have like good raid etiquette. So, I mean, there's definitely times where I've gotten frustrated, <laughs> but you know, it's fun to raid lead. We've got such a great team to do it with. Um, I had no idea that you were fun. playing at that level. I mean, I know you yeah. were, and you were into it hardcore, but I had no idea mm-hmm. that you were like realm first level of that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We, I mean, I, I love rating. I think it's a lot of fun. I think there's something really cool about the teamwork it takes um, of people all over the world really yeah. to play to all log in at the same time and all make all the right moves where you're all, you know, in bedrooms and offices all across the world and you're able to communicate and get something done to me that's just such a high level of teamwork and totally you know, cooperation so i really love um i really love the people that i play with it's a lot of fun and it's gives you know something that my husband and i do together so yeah so yeah we are we are now kind of winding down a little bit because we don't have the numbers uh yet for hall of fame so in rating for world of warcraft um, in order for mythic rating to open up, which is what everyone sees for the race to world first, um, in order for you to raid mythic, you have to have 20 players all on your server um, to play together. But the problem is like we have a really low pop server and there's a lot of low pop servers. And especially with a lot of people taking Exodus from the game, there's a lot of people that are kind of like not playing. So in order for us to do mythic, we would have to get people to move to a low pop server, which most people aren't going to do, or we can pug them and they can play cross realm. But blizzard has a cross realm gate kept for mythic until 100 horde guilds and 100 Alliance guilds both beat Sylvanas on mythic. When hmm. that happens, they open cross realm rating, and I could have you guys play. Even if you're not on my server and you're right. you have like a good enough character, you could come join the team and we could do mythic. But right now, as it is with the Exodus and just like the way that um, most teams are horde right now at high level, just due to like racial stats and stuff, like for you know the different races that you can play in the game, um, there's only like 50 alliance guilds that have done it. So the problem is there are not enough Alliance guilds to like finish out doing the hall of fame to make it so that mythic can open up for all of these other guilds that are sitting there waiting, being like, all right, well, we've beat it, but we can't do anything. There's nothing for me to do. Uh, So they're going to lose people in Mm -hmm. my opinion, because they, I understand at the time while they had this hall of fame rule to like really encourage you know, top level competition and get people like really out there and the and kind of reward the people who are like the cutting edge sort of bleeding edge players. But now it just, um, it's really there. It's going to hurt them to be honest. I mean, I've yeah. talked about it a few times on Twitter, much to my demise of, you know, elitist guys being like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, <laughs> I do though. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The game is, it's in a, it's in an odd place. I'll, I'll yeah. say that it's just in well, a strange place. I think, I mean, over and above even all of the, you know, um, 
cultural stuff with regard to the company and and the fallout of that. I think even before all that, you know, chalk it up to COVID or whatever you want, but even before that was sort of the 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 pace of of content release had really taken a hit. Yeah. And I know 9.1 didn't come out uh right. for you know much later than previous, you know, point 1 update, big content updates. So uh, did you feel frustration there? I mean, you feel like there's not yeah. enough content? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did just release like Corthia, which we called Chorthia because it's just like <laughs> just the, your dailies, you know, um, yeah, yeah. but it's in, and they've, they've got some pretty complicated, um, uh, like systems in place right now, like gear systems, like, yeah. and it's not explained very well. Um, there's just things that for the first time, I think I, I really feel the fact that there are parts of the game missing or just mm-hmm. like something that would have been handled in expansions past. It just feels like like the mission table, for example, isn't like really explained very well. Or there's kind of like a tea party reputation gain thing, um, like we were talking earlier with like Fire Emblem and the Marvel game. Um, it has kind of a, a little reputation thing in there like that, but it's not explained. Um, mm-hmm. There's just... There's a lot missing, um, you know, the domination sockets that they currently have right now for endgame raid gear um, is very confusing. I and mean, it's, it's yeah. a whole thing. So they've just, there are parts of the game I feel like normally someone would explain what's going on. And now they're just kind of like, here's the system. You guys will figure it out on Google. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you feel like Shadowlands, it, 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 where do you rank it as far as an expansion? Do you, it's sort of the lower half or upper half of... Upper expansion. half for as yeah, far as like, right. yeah, yeah. For as far as like expansions go and excitement and gameplay and storytelling, it's up there with Lich King and which Great. most people don't, uh, I think people think I'm exaggerating when I say that I'm really not like the story is, is there with like some big sort of potholes that they kind of had to cover up badly. Right. Like that. Well, I love talking to someone who is super deep into a game, you know, and give us that, that really, you know, expert, uh, eye view of, of the day to day of a, of an intense community. And I, I'm really, no, I really appreciate it. I love, I love having that kind of a conversation. The depth of the conversation is, is really appreciated. You know, what's so, really thanks. fun though. I will tell you this. What's really fun to watch right now are the mythic dungeon invitational. Like that hmm. was going on today. Mythic dungeons are a time-based dungeon yeah. experience now. And it, they have like, it, there's like a full on esport for it. It's That's so cool. much fun to watch um, people play at that level and just, I don't know if you, we play, we do mythic dungeons and actually the new guy that just got um, put in place at Activision, um, the one, like the co-lead now, the guy and the girl who are taking over for Jail and Brack, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he has been running he does mythic keys at a level 20, which like I've never even done a level 20 mythic key. And this guy yeah. has done mythic level on all of the dungeons. So it tells me that he is an actual player. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he knows what he's talking about with, with those. So um, it makes me feel a little better knowing that there's, you know, a guy who's like gaming in that level in that position, but, um, but also just like mythic mythic dungeons are so fun to watch. So if any of you like, I don't know, have time and want to like check out a new esport. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. <clears throat> I also love, you know, we've obviously covered a lot of the, the negativity around it and justifiably so. And I, and I mean, I know you're sensitive to it as well, but it's also nice to hear a reminder that like the games are still fun. You know, the games are fun. And, um, 
I think, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that. So you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater right. you know, mm-hmm. in all of it. Like, you know, sometimes you can, <laughs> it's like, just throw right. it all out. Um, but I think, I think for something that has spanned generations at this point, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, is, it's just in a different place. Um, I don't know. I'm generation. She says, making me feel old. (laughs) Hey, you and I are on the same. I think so. We're we're good. (laughs) Awesome. We're good. Yeah, yeah. That's my game. Cool. What about you? What are you playing, Lana? Yeah. What's on your playlist? On my playlist, um, probably I'm playing Pokemon Unite still, and I'm playing um, Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword a little. Mm. That's a little bit on hiatus. Yeah. Um, Pokemon Unite. I think I talked about a little bit last time I was in the show, which is yeah. not too long ago. And at that time I'd played a couple games and I'd been like, Oh, I get it. And I'm here to say that now I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> was it taking over your life? Is that what you hate I it? can't stop playing it. I cannot really? stop playing it. I hate it for so many reasons. I don't hate it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I love it so much. I hate it. Like I hate it fundamentally. <laughs> it is so flawed. It hurts me to my core. <laughs> But every single time, I'm still like, God, but it's like only 10 minutes. And I can't then, quit you, Pokemon United. No, it is so – there's so much going for it that is positive and fun and good. Pokemon are cute and cool and nostalgic. MOBAs, obviously, I love them with my history and heroes in League. Like, love it. Um, uh, yeah, it's like a, a fun, cute – like the 10-minute – limit of games like no matter what i know it's gonna be 10 minutes yeah that's great to fit between anything i have 10 minutes between a couple of meetings because one ended early like what do you think you're gonna animate something in 10 minutes no <laughs> play pokemon unite for 10 minutes are you like, playing it on your on. switch yeah i'm really glad to hear this by the way because i saw this uh promoted recently and i didn't know about it until maybe two or three weeks ago and i'm like pokemon as a moba and yeah. i got really excited about it and since you played heroes in league and you you like it that is uh I, I believe I said I hate you, Michelle. <laughs> well, Let me get into the part. <laughs> no, it's very no. clear. So this is it's great because, like, it's good because I have a bunch of friends who like mobas. Um, I have somebody who started dating somebody, and they're not super into mobas, but they could get into Pokemon Unite because of all the other touch points. Because it's Pokemon, because it's short games, and because there's like a smaller pool of potential. Pokemon you can play so there's less to sort of learn on the uptake where something like League like I don't even know how many champions they have 150 60 plus, yeah. yeah heroes 80 something plus like so yeah. much just have 24 22 yeah not, not much at all but it is so deeply flawed um there's a mechanic of Zapdos well, there's two things that sort of combine to be super flawed. It's pronounced tremor tusk. You know what? <laughs> it's been fun. Sorry. I'll never come back. Tremor tusk. You know, this is what I need from you, Jeff. You already have some editing to do, so just go back. Tremor tusk. Oh, no, that's staying in. I'm no. only calling it tremor tusk from here on out. Oh, yeah. Tremortus. It's such a better way to say it. Anyway, sorry. Way go ahead. You said, you said a silly word, and I had to make a joke. I'm sorry. You know go what? Ahead. I respect it because I would 100% do the same thing to you. (laughs) So there's two mechanics. So in the last two minutes of any match, it's like the final segment or whatever the name of it is. And 
all so the difference between this and other MOBAs, there's many, but one of them is rather than having sort of forts or keeps in a lane that you're trying to destroy that can shoot you and do damage to you, there's sort of baskets like basketball, and you're collecting these globes and you have to go and channel on a, on one of the baskets to score. And based on how many of the globes you currently have on your Poke possession, um, it'll take longer for you to score a basket. Um, and if you score up to a hundred on any of these baskets, it destroys it in lane. And now they have fewer like places to get health or get like little speed boosts or even like sort of port to and to get into the battle faster. So there's reasons for wanting to, to do that. Um, but the way that you win a match is scoring the most points in these baskets. So in the last two minutes of any match, any point you score is doubled. Oh, so people like hoard them and keep them till the end. And so that's one thing that some people do because it's like the ones that are people, the ones that are further out in lane, it's still good to try and destroy some some of them earlier because it'll take away health opportunities for the enemy team to heal up during team fights and things like that. Um, but the mechanic of Zapdos, which also spawns with two minutes left in the game, uh, like a boss, like for, uh, here's the storm, Jeff, I know that's your touch point. Yeah, um, it used to be my my true love. I haven't played in a long time. I broke was, my habit, but it was it was bad for a while. Yes. Yeah, you know, this is the longest streak I've personally ever gone without playing. It's been like two and a half months. Yeah, I mean, right? I I was I was like so addicted addicted in the way that it sounds like you are with this game. Yeah, I'm mad about it still. Um, <laughs> and so Zapdos Zapdos spawns like a golem or something in, in a hero's map. And if you go mm. and and if you your team kills Zapdos, it means you don't have to channel to score points. You instantly score. Oh, oh. interesting. Okay. And so, so kill Zapdos and then make a hundred baskets real quick. I mean, you can make five baskets really quick, and if each person has fifty points, it doubles. That's five hundred points, and you win. Whoa. So even oh, if so you have like you, no points up to that point, you know what you this can, is? This sounds like. Sorry to interrupt you. This, go this ahead. Sounds, sounds like uh, what's wrong with friggin'. Um, uh, what's the game in Harry Potter? Oh, it is that! <gasps> the Snitch! It's Quidditch! Yeah, it's like, it's Quidditch. It's like, yes. every, time I heard, every time I read those books, I was like, this game is fundamentally broken. Man, there's, you- no, there's no point in doing any part of the game. There's like, oh, there's beaters and slammers and there's people trying Yo. to score. The, it's like, what's the no point? one cares? It's 150 points for the snitch. Who cares? Who cares? They're like yeah. each each basket of the quaffle is half a point. Yeah. You're like that's yeah. worthless. Yeah, wasting your time. <laughs> what is? Just get the snitch and win the game. It totally. makes no sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, so just, it's really broken points wise. Like this, the things so Zappo shouldn't give that so, much. So the, well, it's the combination of no matter what, like as. Either team scoring within the last two minutes doubles the amount of points. But if you get Zapdos, you score instantly. So basically, if you get Zapdos, I'm going to say 90%. I would love to see the statistics. 90% of the time, that team will win. Because they can just go, and it doesn't matter if anybody's trying to stop them or interrupt them. They can't because it's instant. Yeah, the whole rest of the game is pointless, right? You just wait until Zapdos, and then that's it, right? Pretty much. But like people don't. A lot of people are new to this game, at least new to MOBAs, you can tell, probably for multiple reasons. I assume many of them are actual children, younger ages, who are more into Pokemon. And I assume a lot of people are into Pokemon and have not played a lot of MOBAs. So there's a lot of what I think of as fundamental MOBA knowledge that people don't have 
that also <laughs> infuriates me. Like <laughs> if the enemy team shows up to try and kill you, stop killing a wild Pokemon. That's just yeah. like a little creep in the lane and turn on the team. Like there's so many like yeah. tiny things that make me just so angry. And then I'm like, oh, it's been six hours. I should probably stop. So <laughs> knowing Nintendo, they'll never fix this. They're like, no, this is perfectly fine. And the yeah. patch notes are so funny because they will, the one of the patch notes was talking about the things that they've changed. And it just said for like Machamp or somebody, move speed changed. But it doesn't tell you if it's faster or slower. <laughs> oh. Different Amazing. though. Different. It's different. Yeah. yeah. You Play will out. find out. <laughs> so, I'm playing a lot of Pokemon. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. I'm playing a lot of it. Too much of it. I hate it. I can't stop playing it. That's hilarious. I love it. It, it's, it reminds me when I was playing Here's the Storm a lot. It was that same thing of like, okay, 25. I can get in a game in 25 minutes. So if Easy. I have a half an hour, if I have a half an hour, I can play Here's the Storm. And so I would go, okay, there's no universe in which I'm going to sit down and play a game that I'm going to play for two hours. Like, I'm not going to play, you know, Horizon Forbidden West or whatever the game du jour is that Mm -hmm. you sit down and you play for two hours. I don't have time for that. But I do have a half an hour. I can sit down and play Heroes of the Storm. And then two hours later, I've yeah. played four games of Heroes of the yeah. Storm. Yeah. I was gonna you know? I was about to be like real complimentary to you that you were able to do that. Like, no, no, like, that's oh, the problem. Is that, sit down just, and play one game. Like no, you tell your you tell it your brain says, Oh yeah, no, cool. This is the short version, and then you and then you lose that first match and you're like, I'm playing another one. You, you know? can't you can't, can't end in a loss. A loss. Yeah. 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 Okay. You gotta, gotta win this after the third loss you're like i am going to murder everyone that i'm playing with yeah. yeah i would so love to get you back into heroes jeff it would be so fun it would take very little to get me back into heroes honestly yo i'm gonna tweet you my battle tag and we'll see it's, what happens it's, it would be it's bad i it 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 owned my life for a long time. I mean, I was like, I I had a coach. I, I was, can't you know, I was that? serious about it. Yeah, I heard you, you say that. Coach, were you going? Yeah. To- no, God, no. I had a coach. Well, to Cloud try Nine cannot over here. No, no, no universe. I mean, I wish in my wildest <laughs> dreams. No, I, I had a coach to get me to halfway competent. You know, I was like, what was your rank? I'm trying to get trying to get out of gold. You know, I was. So, I was yes. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I have nothing to write home about. I am. I'll, old, I'll show you how to make and, it to diamond, boy. Yeah, I wish. I, um, I dreamed of diamond. <laughs> I dreamed of diamond. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, that is awesome. That's Pokemon Unite. Uh, I'm gonna play it. it gonna, yeah, oh. it gets Atlanta's hundred uh, percent seal of approval. Is my understanding. <laughs> you she know, I can't stop. So that's the important part, I guess. <laughs> um. I've been uh, on my playlist. Well, actually, first, let me uh, let me thank our second sponsor, which is Ritual. Ritual. Um, hey, Ritual is a vitamin. And, and here's the thing. Gaps in your diet should not be ignored. Only over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. And 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. That's why Ritual's Essential for Women multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrition gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and over. Ritual started as this wonderful multivitamin you could take any time of day. You didn't have to take it with food. That's why my wife has been taking it for years now. She loves Ritual. We've been subscribers to Ritual for for literally years. 
And the reason you don't have to take it with food is because it was designed to not upset sensitive stomachs. My wife has had an issue with that with multivitamins before. And it's so inconvenient to have to, you know, remember to do your multivitamin right when you eat. It's so much better to just be able to take it whenever you want. And also to know what is in your multivitamin. Ritual was designed by someone who thought, hey, I'm reading the ingredients in my food. Why shouldn't I be able to see the ingredients in my vitamins? And that is why Ritual has a transparent policy to show you exactly what's in it. It's incredible. And my wife's been using it for a long time. Right now, Ritual is offering listeners of DLC 10% off their first three months. If you visit ritual.com slash DLC, you can turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash DLC, R-I-T-U-A-L.com slash DLC. It's great to have the subscription too, because then you don't have to worry about it. It just shows up at your house. It's pretty great. Ritual.com slash DLC. All right. My uh, my playlist, I've been playing more Psychonauts 2. I haven't quite finished it yet. Really enjoying that game. We talked about it at length last week. Uh, but I have two uh, two things I want to talk about that um, are a little, a little crazy. One of them uh, is super indulgent, and uh, I feel a little guilty bringing up, but I'm going to anyway because it may, may be interesting to some. Frequent listeners of the show know that uh, I just moved to Denver, and in transit... Uh, I, I had to send my, because I do this for a living, I needed a computer and we didn't know when our stuff was going to arrive. So I had to send a commute computer via FedEx and my beautiful ultra wide gaming monitor arrived broken, completely shattered. <gasps> oh no. Oh my Yes. Gosh. It was very frustrating and heartbreaking. And the only way I could get over my grief <laughs> Was that I just purchased, was spending way more money than I should have, uh, the Samsung Neo G9, which is an absurdly priced but incredible, super ultra wide. This is the 32 by 9 massive ultra wide screen. Uh, I'm looking at it now I'm because it is it my. Up. Yeah, no, you got to see this thing. It looks like it, it's obscene. It's obscene how wide it is it's i my mom is here my my son's birthday today and my mom is in in town and she came walking in and she was and she like spit her water out when she saw it she like she's like what the name is of that? i'm looking it up online samsung yeah. it's obscene it's what obscene. is it it's called the samsung odyssey neo g9 yeah don't look at the price because it's it's <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. It's so funny because I saw your playlist and I was Whoa. like, oh, I'll pipe this in and see what fun game this is. Yeah. And I was like, oh my. Yeah, oh, I, I got I you know, I got the ultra ride monitor a couple years ago and I got super into ultra ride, talked about it a lot on the show. Like I love games that support ultra wide, but now you guys, I'm into super ultra wide because there are a small but growing number of games that support this wacky resolution that's like 5120 by 1440 or something insane it's 32 9 aspect ratio which like you know a regular tv is like 16 by 9 so this is double that it's like having two 16 by 9 monitors stuck together with seamless and there are some games 
that support it like Destiny 2. And so I reinstalled Destiny 2 just to check it out on this monitor. I'm here to tell you it is insane. Insane. Because, I mean, it's as close to playing Destiny in VR as you can get. I mean, in in some ways it's better than VR because the uh, field of view in in VR headsets is so limited. Here, my entire periphery is taken up by destiny. Does it ever it's, feel fish eye? It it is I mean the 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 screen has a an, I'm looking at ex- pictures of it and it's like it's so big it's silly. It's so curvy. It, it's, <laughs> it's so curvy. It's, it's super curved. It's like crazy curved. It's like I'm being hugged by my monitor all the time. <laughs> it looks comforting, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeff, have you ever seen those like uh, gaming shows that are like the scorpion and it's like yeah. a full thing? That's yeah. like you're one step away. I am one step away. Yeah. Uh, in, in my defense, I called Tim Geddes from from kind of funny because I know he had one. And when I was like, uh, I, had to, I had to replace my monitor. I did not want to do this. His hands were tied, everyone. He had to buy this. I, and I, I talked to Tim and I was like, Tim, is it is it worth it? And he just wrote me. He wrote me. He texted me back. He's like, buy it. And I was like, well, I can't. I can't not do that now. Um, he made so, you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't Gettys, gonna. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't want to. I had, <laughs> I shipped my. I spent like a hundred dollars to ship my monitor here, uh, so I wouldn't have to. I do um, want to get an ultra wide monitor. I just have my just my one. I usually have two, but I anyway it's a whole thing. But I currently only have one, and I feel like I need something bigger. Well, should I get I, it? I highly recommend an ultra wide. I mean, the you don't have to you don't, buy it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The answer is, yeah. Let me pay that forward and say buy it. No, I mean, I don't know if you need to go this this crazy because this is crazy. But like a, a like a good ultra wide monitor, I think you can get for you know less than a thousand bucks, and it's it, it's really, I think it really changes the way you experience a game. And and and. It, it's good for productivity because you have, you know, you have windows everywhere. You can like, I like that. Your, yeah, your brain I a can lot of see windows open at once. Yeah. Oh, that's what you mean. I was like, because your brain can't see literally anything else. Like in the you room. can put like four things across there and be like happy. You can have so many screens available, just boom, 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 and be like, think you're in Mission Impossible and like have widgets. Exactly. I want. I want to live that life. My yeah, favorite. that's what I'm doing right now. I got, I got you guys in one window. I got 14 windows open. It's Zen amazing. Caster being like. Ha. Yeah. I'll show Girl, you. I'll show you. Doesn't yeah. matter what your technology is. My favorite thing about these websites that I like because you have it. And now I cuz nobody's ever around for me to be like, "Okay, but is this real?" So, on websites like this for monitors, it is always trying to tell you like this is the difference between it. So it's like, okay, I can see that the it's curvier. That's like a visual difference I can see. But yeah. scrolling down on the thing I I can find it shows like some random sample video game and like a split. And one of them says 120 hertz, five milliseconds, and one says 240 hertz, one millisecond. And it's like clearly the same image, and somebody like photoshopped it kind of jostly and blurry, <laughs> and the other is crystal clear. I wanna like it's like some like I don't know what website you're on, but it's hilarious. No matter, I'm on (laughs) Samsung.com. So, like, no matter what, they're trying to show me how good this monitor is going to look. But I'm yeah, don't let Samsung tell you monitor. Samsung is the wrong people to ask about whether their monitors. Yeah, but I want you to tell me if you feel like this is the difference. It's it's, like is this an accurate visual representation for somebody? That's how they feel in their heart. You know, (laughs) this is what it looks uh, like to us. 
Yeah, that's what it feels. It's, it's an artist's representation of how my heart feels. <laughs> um, no, the hundred. I mean, I. So I'm playing Destiny Two at 120 hertz, which means you know 120 frames per second uh-huh. in HDR in Damn. this like sick 32.9 resolution, and it is transcendent. I mean, it, it, it like makes me want to play <laughs> Destiny. I'm like, maybe I. Maybe I should become a Destiny 2 uh, player now. Like it's so so sick. It's uh, like it's it's all around me. I it's it's gorgeous. It it's yeah. I mean, uh I highly recommend it. I wish I wish I could say Samsung paid for this promotion, but they did not. I <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing. And I th- there's definitely a part of me that feels very guilty about about getting this monitor because it's like way samsung you should offset that and send me one yeah yeah send michelle one yes yes (laughs) i will i will be the you know i'm an artist myself by trade and so i'll be able to tell you if your artist rendition is an accurate depiction yes yeah let my stupid purchase (laughs) allow both of you to get some free stuff that would make me very happy that'd be great it'd be worth it (laughs) uh the other thing i want to mention is uh like i said it was my my son's fifth birthday today happy birthday happy yeah it's his it's his golden birthday because it's september 5th and so he turned five on september 5th um anyway he is as i've mentioned on the show numerous times he is uh super into super mario right now we had a super mario themed birthday oh uh he's all about super mario and everything mario all the time mario and lego so it was like a mario lego party anyway one of the things i got him uh for his birthday was the mario kart live home circuit Mm. Have you guys heard of this no. product? Is what it is where this? You put like the sensors around your house. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh wow! It it's so cool. I was very skeptical about how well it would it would uh, work, but it's a little remote control car, little Mario Kart, you know, replica Mario Kart, and it has a camera on it mounted on the top, and you download software for the Switch. And then it comes with these big cardboard standy things that look like. Um, you know, racing, um, what do they call them? You know, like a, a banner, you know, a banner that you would go through that tells you lap one, lap two, that kind of thing. And you, it's got four of them and you set them up around your house. You just place them anywhere you want, but in order. And then you drive the little car through them in a specific pattern. And it remembers the pattern you drove and creates a course, a virtual course from your house inside the game oh wow and so you're playing you're you are you're controlling it like you would be controlling mario kart the video game but you're controlling a real car that's driving through your real house and you see the real live video of your house and like you know your people your your mom's ankles and and Mm -hmm. uh, the bottoms of the chair and everything and it's like zooming through all that stuff but it's also dynamically in real time adding graphics and other characters that you're racing against and stuff so you're literally like creating a course in your house uh and and making it like this virtual experience and it really works it's pretty great so you're letting your kid drive a go-kart through your house well, it's no, no, tiny. no, no, no. It's tiny. It's like a little remote control car. Oh, okay, because I was like imagining <laughs> it like one of those cars they sit in, and I'm like, wait, how is oh, that house you have? That yeah, would be wow, amazing. Colorado, huh? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, on my palatial estate. You know, my son. <laughs> 
with my w- ultra wide monitor. I'm living the life now. Um, the uh, no, it's it's like a little. It's a, like a tin. It's about, I don't know, maybe five inches long. Um, okay, it's so like it's a, a little, little remote control thing. Yeah, with like a tiny little USB camera on it, and um, yeah, and so it's like tiny scale. So you you can the only downside is it does not do well on carpet. So we have some hardwood in like our um, uh, kitchen. Family oh, is the room downfall area. of remote control over the yeah, years. So it has to kid. like exist in that part yeah. of the house, which is a bit of a bummer. But uh, but it, it it's pretty pretty great. I I mean it was instant delight on my son's face. Like the That's idea cool. of you know setting things up and and you know it's fun when you're you're looking at the switch driving it and then the camera or the car comes around and you see yourself from a different angle. Yeah. You know it's that strange thing. It's cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty slick. I would recommend it. It was on sale on Amazon for a while um, for like. 50 bucks or 60 bucks, something like that. I'm totally going to um, look that up for my nephew. Like, I yeah, think that it's he cool. would really like that. Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is what it's called. I'm sure, my um, sister will really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just yeah. set up these four things around the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And these then let him tear around <laughs> with, a, with a car. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that looks, that sounds awesome. That's yeah. fun for a five year old, too. He must be like losing his mind. Oh, dude. It, it the idea that that's like normal for him, you know, right? that's the baseline of yeah. what things are possible. When I know? played Mario, when I was not even his age, because that wasn't a thing yet. Like yeah. When I was like 10, I remember like, like I had to like press pause on the game and then like hope that nobody like turned the Nintendo off so that I would lose my game. <laughs> right. You know, right. like, like don't yeah. touch me, like leave little signs, like do not turn off. Right, right. I'll lose everything. Like, oh no, the game's gonna like burn into the screen. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, into your CRT monitor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, mom. It's he's thirty-two just like, nine. He's just like, I can just like record my racetrack real quick. That's yeah. crazy. It's wild. It's and it's cool how the game does it too. It it tells you like you you know it says set up your things wherever you want. And it's like okay, now we're gonna record the course. And a little character comes on and like pours paint on the wheels. And so it's like okay, drive wherever you want, and we'll paint the course. And so you can. You can do like figure eights and however you want it to work. And that's the course that it'll build in virtually in the, in the, and then you can play with your own characters in the game as if it's a course. That's so cool. Yeah. And then it it works like Mario Kart. So you're like unlocking new cars and unlocking costumes and stuff by winning. So cool. It's got bad guys that are throwing stuff at you and trying to beat you. And, and you can, you know, it'll generate the, the big little, the big question mark blocks that you can drive through and get an item and then you can activate that. I mean, it works like Mario Kart, but does it save? Wh- like, can you be like, okay, like you have like a certain number of levels that you can save or is it like every time you want to play one, you have to build a new course. Um, I think it'll save as long as you don't move. I mean, we haven't experienced that because we keep having to move the thing. I mean, it was just today that we got it. So we haven't done a ton of it, but um, you know, you can't like, we don't have the luxury of being able to leave it all set up. So I'm oh, sure I was thinking like you'd be able to save it. So you could always play the digital version of that race. Like you don't need to, but you well, always drive no, the car around. There's no way to play the digital version without the car moving. Gotcha. It, it doesn't let you just play it as a video game. Got it. It's always connected to the car. Cool. Yeah. But, but it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. You got to stick around because we do have parting gifts coming up. But Shell Morrow, thank you for being here. It's always so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I love this uh, podcast. 
Oh, thank you. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the cool stuff that you do online. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Michelle Morrow. Michelle's the one L. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, that's uh, it. <laughs> that's it. Done. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, COVID. Uh, Lana Bashinsky, uh, yeah. thank you for being here as well and filling in for a Christian. I, uh, I can't imagine anyone would want him back. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I have no questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Christian, I hope you enjoy your vacation. Take as long as you want, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so people can find me online on Twitter. I am at Latayanai. That's L-A-T-I-E-N-I-E. Um, but also this upcoming Friday, I will be speaking at the Lightbox Expo, which is totally free on behalf of Riot um, and the Riot Animation Team community, the Rat. Um, we'll be at Rat Animators on Twitch from 12 noon Pacific time to 4 p.m. And we will be doing some demo reel reviews. I will be giving a talk answering what is the one most important thing I think of in my role as an animator today and um, doing AMA. So come join us. And you're, you're going to say me, right? But what would Jeff think? <laughs> that, that, that's exactly it. Uh, <laughs> What's the most important thing I think of as my role as an animator? What Jeff Kanata would think. But I wonder how Jeff Kanata would enjoy this. What would he what would he say on DLC? And would it be cool enough to even bring to like the other podcasts he does? That's the one thing I think about. Talk over. So yeah. I guess don't come. So it's done. Talk over. Got to hear. <laughs> sorry to sorry to spoil the whole talk for everybody. Uh no, I think it's gonna be really interesting actually, uh, just to take it like this much more time because there's eight of us. And as we're talking about what we're going to discuss, I sort of asked that question of everybody and everybody answered that question differently across eight people on different. It's awesome. Um, So I think it's going to be really interesting. So if you're interested in game development and specifically animation and game development, please come um, hang out with us. It's on Twitter. And when is that again? To the date? It's Friday, September 10th. Oh, cool. 12 to four. Very, very cool. Um, You can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, I've got a bunch of other shows for you to check out. If you want to hear me talk about movies and TV shows, you can hear me talk about that on The Filmcast, which you can find wherever you get podcasts. Uh, This week, we're talking about Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, which is real good. So good. Yeah. Uh, And I also do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. You can learn something and laugh along the way. It's, It's good times. And my tabletop role-playing game show, uh, my D&D show, it's called The Dungeon Run. Uh, you can find that at twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run or on Twitter, or excuse me, on uh, on YouTube or uh, on, as an audio podcast. So lots of ways to enjoy that show. Just search for The Dungeon Run on those platforms. You can also email us here at the show at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Any of your comments, questions, anything you'd like to relay our way, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Oh, no. <laughs> Why would it do that? It's so weird, man. It's That's the only... <laughs> that's the only... <laughs> that's the only uh one of those that it does that to. I don't know why. 
It's, it's going to be a fun night of editing. The first time I heard that, I was like catching up on DLC in my car and it started playing that way. And I had to like pull over because I was crying laughing. I don't know why I didn't get it. So, it's so weird. It's the only one of these that it does that to. Yeah. All right. I'll try again. Michelle, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. Uh, I don't know if you guys have already talked about this on the podcast or not, but I watched Suicide Squad last night and it was awesome. And I recommend everybody watch it. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, Tonight is the last night it's playing on HBO Max, which is uh, Sunday the 5th. Um, But you can still get it online. And I highly recommend it. I had so much fun. I just, I thought it was like, I thought it was like if Guardians of the Galaxy was super gory like the boys and it has just like a really like it's just so fun. The cast is perfect. Um, The music is great. Of course, James Gunn. So it's it's a lot of fun. I totally agree. I laughed my butt off in that movie. Yeah. I thought it was so fun. Yeah. And you know, and the and the action is fantastic. Like the yeah. it's the writing is fantastic. Like all of it is good. And I really love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. She's perfect. She's so great. Yeah. She's perfect. I, I was saying that I think that it sets a new record for most improved sequel. Like the the first Suicide Squad, in my opinion, was so bad. And it's like, this one is so much better than the first. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I just think it's a great time. So definitely check it out. Excellent. That's the Suicide Squad. And it's uh, streaming on HBO Max, at least for a short while longer. Uh, yeah, Lana, you can get what it is- iTunes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Uh, Lana, what is your parting gift? Well, keeping with the old superhero theme... Uh, I talked a little bit about this on Twitter, but Marvel's What If? I don't know if this was a parting gift already. I no, love no. it. So good, I right? I really expected that it would be like, oh, I'm watching this because I'm an animator, so I feel compelled to watch animated things that are new. But everything about it, it really, Marvel's tone, I think, throughout any of this MCU stuff really holds up. I think they have a really solid, funny, serious, compelling engaging voice that they use throughout all of this MC stuff that I love. And it carries over really well into the show. Um, like the a voice acting cast is primarily the voice act, like the actual actors yeah. from the, um, the films, which is great. Cause of the first two episodes, I was like, wow, somebody's doing a great impression. I'm like, Oh no, it's just <laughs> the actual person. Um, but the stories are also really interesting and, and fun and quick. Like 20, yeah. 20, 30 minutes an episode, really fun. Marvel's what if uh, on Disney plus. And the animation is great, right? Oh, so I, good. I love the animation. I'm, I'm so impressed oh, with that. I think yeah. the style is, is fantastic. Stephen Frank, I believe, is the animation director, and he did The mm. Iron Giant, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, my parting gift is a new series, I believe it's on Hulu. Uh, it is called Only Murders in the Building. Uh, have either of you guys watched this yet? No, but I've heard no. about it from like six friends. Everyone oh, being like, you got to see this. so good. It's a series? It, it's a series. Yeah, there's only three episodes so far, but new episodes on Tuesdays. And it stars uh, Selena Gomez, uh, Martin Short, and Steve Martin. And Okay. Yeah. And I thought, okay. It's like the I three mean, amigos. Yeah. I love yeah. Martin Short. I love Steve Martin. I 
I'm assuming it's going to be kind of wacky and kind of dated humor. And it's going to be these two old guys and they're young, this young girl. And I just, I was like, I'm in just because I like those guys, but I didn't expect it to be great. It's great. It's not like that at all. It's so interesting. It, it's a murder mystery. The premise is there's these three people that live in this building in New York. They're all obsessed with, um, true crime murder podcast (laughs) and then a murder happens in their building and so they want to become they want to launch their own podcast oh my god amazing and but it's so smart like the the mystery is interesting their interactions are interesting it's got this kind of magical realism where i i i'm i'm so enamored with this show i just think it's brilliant and i'm hooked i was hooked from in episode one it is it's great. interesting it's called- this sounds good it's great yeah only murders in the building highly highly recommend it on hulu i look forward yeah to it. uh we also got a listener suggested parting gift this was sent to us from eric t from chicago uh eric writes uh the past 18 months have been grim and exhausting so i think we've all found ourselves lost in our hobbies whether they be lifelong passions or something new we picked up out of sheer boredom One of my quarantine deep dives that I still keep up with week to week now is the YouTube channel of freelance rapper Harry Mack. Harry Mack is a freestyle rapper who lives in L.A. who made a name for himself walking around the city, particularly Venice Venice Beach, freestyling about pedestrians passing him by and with random strangers who would throw him buzzwords. During the pandemic, he pivoted to the digital space, just like the rest of us, and instead of going out and interacting with strangers in person, took to one of the darkest corners of the internet in Omegle, the video chat randomizer website that puts you in a video call with random strangers upon request. What results are the most wholesome, exciting, and truly jaw-dropping videos. This guy's brain does not work like that of a normal person. His ability to string along improvised bars nonstop while factoring in parts of a conversation that just happened and calling out little things and reactions as they happen in real time is nothing short of remarkable. His pure skill aside, Harry is the most positive, wholesome, and humble dude, always trying to bring the best energy possible to these interactions to truly wow these strangers and make their day. There are moments of pure hype, moments that can provide a good laugh, as well as moments that are very poignant and candidly deep and moving. It always helps, too, that the beats he raps over are fire. It's called the Omegle Bars series on his YouTube channel, and I'd recommend it to anyone who is looking for entertaining stuff to watch on YouTube. You don't even need to be a fan of rap to be blown away by his ability and demeanor. Really appreciate hanging with you two every week. All the best. Thank you, Eric. Fascinating. Um, I I had an opportunity. I mean, seeing this email come in, I went and checked out Harry Mack's channel. Eric is not exaggerating. It is highly entertaining, completely amazing, and truly heartwarming. Like he is, he's he meets these people that are r- randomly, and he'll be like, "Hey, could I just uh, rap for you?" And they're, and they're like, oh, "I I guess." He's like, "Give me three random things to rap about," and then he proceeds to blow their minds. It's it's really cool. So I, I highly recommend, uh, I'll, I'll add to Eric's recommendation, uh, Harry Mack on YouTube. I've got it pulled up now and I just mm-hmm. subscribed to him. So I remember to do it. You're going to dig it. It's, it's, I mean, if, 
it's impressive. It's just impressive how he's able to just he'll he'll be rapping and, and he'll like work in the words that they want, and then they'll like scratch their face or put their hands on their face, and he'll be like, "And you put your hands on your face." And he's like talk like, but rapping and doing it's incredible. He's like, <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, I was kind of right, just watching a little clip of it. And it was actually really good. <laughs> you're gonna dig it. It's, yeah, uh, I went to a rabbit hole last night. I was like, this is incredible. Uh, anyway, if you'd like to have your parting gift read on the show send it to us to dlcfeedback at gmail.com all right that's going to do it for this episode of dlc thanks again to michelle morrow and lana bashinsky for being with me i really appreciate it it's been so much fun thanks to our musical contributors patrick l sean madigan and zero star for making those fun bumpers and thanks to each and every one of you who download the show and give us your time we appreciate it and we'll be back next week until then Think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.